please follow in the reading of the Word of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, just as He chose us in Him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us to adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to his kind intentions of his will, to praise and glory of his grace that he freely bestows on us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this text. And Father, um, the massiveness that is in this such an economy of words. And Father, I pray that your people who are called by your name today, they understand that, Father, today their eyes would be open and they would be overwhelmed by the privilege of being called a child of the Most High God. Joint heirs with Jesus. May that become the focus of our lives, the focus of our breath, and the focus of our walks as we understand who we are in the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the blessed body of the Lord Jesus Christ, your church, chosen before the foundation, and, Father, the privilege that each and every one of us has being in this divine organism. To you, my Lord and my Savior, in Christ's name, amen. This morning I had a little conversation. I was talking to myself. No, I was discussing faith with an individual. And I shared because I know a lot of people who want to say that I'm a Christian. Okay. Or I am a believer or I believe in God or just fill in the blank. I have some religious affections. Okay. Whatever you want to call it. And, and, and that's fine. That, that's fine. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, make everybody mad. But the thing is, A true believer is a person of faith. And if you think about it, and I use this illustration, my uh, grandson, I saw him in October, and he was, uh, it was like hauling, kind of hanging on to a slinky. It just kind of, trying to, you pick it up and it falls over backwards and all kind of weird stuff. When I saw him when they were just out here in November, the little bugger can stand up. Okay, and so that process is 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 happening before your eyes. And and one of these days he'll stand up because you can sit him on your lap and he'll stand right straight up on your lap as long as you hold on to him. But he he's he's kind of he's try, kind of getting this thing. Uh, although he still has, uh, I'd taken his mom out to uh, lunch after church one Sunday, and he was sitting in his high chair. And all of a sudden, he just went, winga, <laughs> flipped over the back of it. And you're like, <laughs> does it look better upside down? What are we doing here, kid? But anyway, so, but he is in that process. That's the way our faith is. When you first became a believer in Jesus Christ, you are nothing but a slinky. He just kind of, woo, all over the place. And then at some point, all of a sudden, you would stand up. But you'd have to hold on to things. And eventually in that process of faith, you all of a sudden realize that you could move your next foot. And you would take that one step and then grab a hold of something else. Take that next step. 
And that was what your walk of faith looks like. Now, I'm hoping that by now you can kind of stand on your own and can cover some ground. Okay? But you may not. I know a lot of people who think they can, but they can't. Okay, and I know this because they're hanging on to everything they can get their stinking hands on. Everything's going to make me feel better. But you have Christ. Well, yeah, but Christ is going to make me feel better through this. Whether it be a relationship, whether it be a job, whether it be my spouse, whether it be a grandchild, a child, you always want to add to it. And the truth of the matter is, if you are a person of faith, a true believer, what are you lacking? Okay, now, I I can see you all say, well, nothing. Really? Would you like to talk to me in private after church? I'll be honest with you. I can tell you what I see. See? Now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, okay, wait a minute. All right, because today my prayer has been all week that I am just going to grab your faith and yank it like it ain't never been yanked before. But when you walk out of here, you will be responsible with the information I have given you. And so none of you will be without excuse. (laughs) You want to leave now? We're out of here. We'll be back for the budget meeting. (laughs) We've looked at the blessed one. Who is the blessed one? God. We speak well of him. We should be speaking well of him. Okay, but we speak well of him. And in that process of speaking well of him, he blesses us. So he becomes the blessed one, but he is also the blesser. He is also the blesser. All right. And we looked at last week, who does he bless? His people, those that he chose before the foundations of the earth. Okay. Now, we like that. It sounds good. I'm in. I'm, yeah, that's kind of cool. I'll speak well of God and he'll bless me. I'll get that new car or I'll get that old car that I want that is a new car or whatever it is I'm going to get. He's going to give it to me because I said, thank you, Lord. And look what God has done. All right. And. I'm not sure that we're getting the message. Which brings me to this next little piece here. Who has blessed us, that's the believers, with every spiritual blessing. Did you see that? How much blessing... Has he given us? Every spiritual blessing. Did you get that? You don't need a spouse. You don't need a child. You don't need an education. You don't need a job. You don't need a new car, an old house, a bigger house, a smaller house. You don't need a condo. You don't need a beach house. You don't need a boat. You just need to know that you have been blessed with every Spiritual blessing. Okay? And I know exactly what happens. You immediately shift into, it's just a mental state. 
my mind is at peace and it's a spiritual blessing. The word spiritual there is the word pneumaticos. Pneumaticos. Uh, the word pneumatic, you know, is if you have an air compressor and got air tools, you have pneumatic tools. But this word doesn't have anything to do with spiritual versus physical. See, that's what we always want to do. If it's the Holy Spirit, then it's something spiritual. It's not necessarily physical. Okay? Well, this is a pneumaticos. It's not like a mental blessing. You know, the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus because I'm reading the song and blessing the Lord and I've got the little formula out, right? And everything's going to be hunky-dory. This is attached directly to the Holy Spirit. To the Holy Spirit. Pneumaticos in the New Testament is always used to the work of the Holy Spirit. He blesses. Now start wrapping your head around this. He blesses us with all. That is possible to be dispensed to us through the Spirit of God. Did you get that? He blesses us with all that is possible to be dispensed to us through the Spirit of God. There is nothing missing. Do you realize how ridiculous it is for a Christian to think that he has no resources? How can I do that, is our quote. Well, how can you be blessed with every spiritual blessing and not do it? Perhaps you need to get the right question. Now, let's look into this just a tad bit more. In Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Did you know that? Did you know that there are times in your life when you don't know how to pray or what to pray? Do you know it's already covered though? Okay. Now, that verse is amazing because the actual chapter 8 is the Spirit. Okay, that's what the whole... Uh, Any time that I have taught out of the country on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, I use Romans 8. Okay? What to pray. Well, here's where we run into a problem. 
Okay? And it's a constant problem. I have seen it in 30-some-odd years of walking with the king, and, and I fall into it myself at times. We have a tendency, because we have a lack of faith, a lack of understanding of the resources that are in our possession right now. I'm not waiting for them. I, you know, well, I'll get all these when I go to heaven. No, you already have them. Do you realize that right now, this very instant, you are as holy right now as you're ever going to be? Now, you may not act like it, but that doesn't change it. We have a constant ability to ask God for what we already have. And we don't expand beyond that. You know, I've had people come to me and say, Pastor, I need you to pray about something. Okay, well, let me pray about it. Well, I filed the paperwork for this uh, loan to get a house. And I just pray that God... Well, if you got good credit, you're going to get the loan. God ain't involved in it. You want God to do it, then he's just going to give you a house. God doesn't borrow money for things. Okay? So many in the body of Christ right now. I read you those two letters from those pastors. You guys cannot understand the depth of poverty they exist in. You can't understand that. And then what do they do when they need something? They ask the Lord. We need something, Lord. Help us. What do we do? We put it on MasterCard. Thanks, Lord. We don't have it. We may intellectually have ascended to this is a truth, but I'm not sure I trust it. Now, wait a minute. How can it be a truth and you not trust it? So many in the body of Christ today do not know what your resources are. And so we are constantly asking him for things he's already given us. You already have that. Well, I need more love. I'm sorry. Romans 5 says the love of God has been poured into your heart. How much love is that? You know, if I could just have a little peace. Oh, I'm sorry. Jesus said my peace... I leave with you. How peaceful is Jesus? Why would I let things bother my peace? What do you suppose is going on on the planet Earth that has stolen the peace from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit? Have you ever thought about that? Everything that is happening is right on plan of God's sovereign work before the foundations of the world. And we can sit there and go, well, yeah, I knew that. No, you don't. Do you live that way? I can spot people who are worried about... There is no such thing as a spiritual gift of worry. Okay? But I know people who worry about anything and everything, and yet they profess to be what? Christians. Okay, you might be a Christian, but are you of the faith? 
Well, if I could just get me like a couple of weeks of vacation and then my joy would come back. John 15, Jesus says he gives us his joy that ours may be full, whether you're on vacation or not. I just don't have the strength to do this anymore. Really? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We and so many spend time asking for things that we already have. So people ask me. All right, Mr. Know-it-all, what should I ask for? I thought you would never ask. James tells me, in the midst of trials and tribulations and suffering and martyrdom, what should I ask for? You who lack wisdom, ask and it will be given to you abundantly. But one of my favorites... I get to teach on this again. I have preached this sermon a couple of times. But uh, try this one on. All right. Are you ready? What should I pray for? If I've got all of these things, what should I pray for? Well, I like this one. The Apostle Paul prayed this. In the third chapter of Ephesians, verse 14. He said, this reason I bow my knees before the Father. All right. Verse 16, that he would grant to you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and you being rooted and grounded in love can comprehend with all of the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge and be filled up with all the fullness of God. Try that one. When James speaks of asking for wisdom, the only thing that I could immediately shift back to was that I'd have the sense not to ask for what we already have. Wisdom. See, God has already given us just about every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. No, he's given us every. Spiritual bliss. He has given us everything that the Holy Spirit of God can give. So see, it's not this little supernatural mental thing. We're have positive thoughts. It'll be fine. He's already given it to you. He has given us all spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings is all the actions of the Holy Spirit. It would be all of the blessings that are connected to the Spirit of God. Now think about that for a second. Because when I got into that, it was like having eaten a, a bucket of ice cream too fast. My brain hurt. All the blessings connected to the Spirit of God. All of the blessings connected to the Spirit of God. All of them. 
So you're lacking what exactly? So why do I act like I'm lacking? Why do I think I need something else? A bigger TV, a smaller TV. I don't know, does anybody really need a smaller TV? (laughs) But we always have it in our minds that I need something else. You don't need anything. You only have all the blessings connected to the Spirit of God. That's all. Even in in the early 90s, when I first got into the quote-unquote full-time ministry kind of thing, there was a movement coming out of the charismatics. It concerned this thing they called the second blessing. Well, it was one of the most stupid things I've ever seen in my life. There was no biblical precedence for it. And the guy even who started this whole thing told everybody he hadn't prepared a sermon, so he just faked it. And then all of these church growth things blew up out of it. I mean, a whole denomination started. Okay? It's just a proof. Here it is. Look. And I'm sitting there going, wait a minute. If this guy says it was a lie to start with, why are we chasing this? And they gave it a name. Because, see, this is how you get things going in the church nowadays. Come up with a really cool name. You come up with a really cool name, then everybody wants one. They called it the second blessing. It's when the spirit of the living God would come upon certain people and do insanity. You could be laughing in the spirit. People would just break out in church hysterically laughing. And that was the second blessing. And it got worse than that. What's bizarre is it's coming back. I ran into it this week. I think it was just because it was so cold, people decided they had to do something silly. Listen, when Jesus Christ invaded my soul, I received all the spiritual blessings that were possible at that moment. So let's expand your faith a little more. Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one. Now, I want you to listen to these words. Okay, because to this day, this verse freaks me out okay second peter chapter 1 verse 3 seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence did you get that His divine power has granted to us what? Pertaining to what? 
Godliness is our right standing before God. Life is what we're doing sitting here. He's divine power has... You you know... (laughs) Do you understand how important the word has is? It isn't that he is. He has. You know what that means? Past tense. This is done. And how much has he given you for life and godliness? Do you believe that? So where is the room for me to complain? Where is the room for me to be anxious? Where is there room for me to not trust the Lord? He has already given us everything we need for the temporal and the eternal. So what's missing? Well, you probably ought to step with that next little phrase right there through the true knowledge of him. The problem that you and I struggle with is that sometimes we don't have a true knowledge of him. Sometimes we make up stuff. We want him to be like this. We want him to respond in this manner. I tell people right now, when you offer a prayer to God, do you know that instantaneously, instantaneously, it is answered? It's either yes, no, or wait. Now, if you've got the true knowledge of God, you know whether it's yes, no, or wait. If you don't have a true knowledge of God, you're sitting there going, well, I don't know if that's a yes, a no, or a wait. But you know what I know? Holy Spirit's already interceded. Even when I didn't know what I should be even asking for. I would pray for each and every one of you that you would get a hold of this. Because it will change your complete outlook on life. Completely. It is as radical a thing as you'll ever get your head around. The blessed one. Who is the blesser. Who has blessed us with everything we need. All of these resources are there. Has. Past tense. I'm not waiting. You know, once you've been in Sunday school for 22 weeks, then you will have every blessing. Nope. Won't happen. It's already there. Once he invaded your soul, guess what? The text that I read you out of chapter 3 of Ephesians. Who are you indwelled with? The Holy Spirit. Oh. Jesus Christ. Oh. And God the Father. Oh! And He will do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you could ever think or imagine. I think about my own life. I don't like to use myself as an illustration. But when I think about my life, other than the fact that I did not go to railroad school, um, I miss that. 
And yet I think about what the Lord has done with this earthen vessel. And I, you know, to this day, I don't know why. Other than I'm committed absolutely to the word of God, period. I don't care about gimmicks. I don't care about methods. I don't care about systems. I, I What does the book say? And every time that I have traveled internationally, that was my focus. What does the book say? And I think that there are many of us, maybe in this room, who... I know some of the things that the book says. I know some of the things it doesn't say. Uh, I can fill in the gaps with my own inventions. And you wonder why God ain't using you. There aren't no gaps. Life and godliness. He's taking care of the eternals so you can take care of the temporals. And it's past tense. I'm not waiting for a second blessing. I'm not waiting for a third blessing or a fifth blessing. I already have it. It's all right there now. Had I known that years ago when they wanted to make me an elder, I'd have run. (laughs) But now I can look around and say, yeah, I understand it. Why? I will take the weak to overthrow the strong. I will take the foolish to confound the wise. And let's be realistic. I got a PhD in foolish. Go to Philippians chapter 1 verse 19. I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. Okay, Paul's in prison. Paul Paul had to be put in prison so he'd take time to write. So God, at random intervals, arrested him, and he would write letters. I know this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and what? Did you get that? If you go back to Romans 8.28, what did he say? The Holy Spirit knows how, what to pray for, because sometimes we don't. And Paul's in prison, okay? And being in prison, he says, I know it's going to work It's going to work out. Why? Because you're praying, which means that the Holy Spirit is interceding on my behalf. And he will give me providence. The supplies of what our resources are, are the person of the Holy Spirit. So I have the blessed one who is God the Father. I have the blesser, who is God. I have the blessed, who is the believers. And it's only the blessings is every spiritual blessing by the venue of the Holy Spirit. Other than that, you're lacking. There is a tragedy. One is... That I brought up is that people don't know what they have. And you know what? Maybe they're the little ones that are brand new in the faith. Listen, your walk of faith has got nothing to do with chronology. I've known people who have been saved for decades that couldn't walk if they had to. And I've seen some who've been saved for hours who could literally turn the world upside down. 
there was a guy I read about. It was a doctor, and he was doing his public service under the Soviets in Siberia. And he was taking care of prisoners in the gulag. Okay, and in the process of this, he came to know Christ. And he got his hands on the Gospel of Matthew. That's all he had. He had the Gospel of Matthew. And he was a doctor, and he was absorbing it like a sponge. Just absorbing it like a sponge. And he had, he had three months that he had to be at this gulag that he had to work. And every night after he'd get out of his little clinic thing, he'd go back and he absorbed this book, the Gospel of Matthew. One night he got off work. When he got there, the guards were at his room. They found Matthew. Two hours later, they shot him dead. Okay? His last patient, he shared the gospel with. Last patient. He only shared the gospel with one patient. His last patient. Then he was executed. You know what that last patient did? When the iron curtain fell down, anybody that wanted to bring the gospel in had to go through him. That one guy that that guy shared the gospel with was the door that opened up everything that we've done in Russia. I was with Yuri Sipko years ago. I think it was my first or second trip to Russia. It must have been my first trip. And Yuri Sipko was second generation preacher. His dad had preached under communism. And a young man came one night. They had a, a thing that they used to sit by the doors that had clean underwear in it and clean socks. And usually some toiletries. And they rolled it up in a bag. It was a little small thing about that big around. And they called it... Um, the doorkeep. One night, Yuri's dad, there was a knock at the door, and a young Russian officer of the KGB came in and arrested his father and took the doorkeep, and he never saw his father ever again. Okay? When I was there, Yuri and Bob Provost and uh, a couple of other guys, Eric Mock, and he said that we had a meeting at the Kremlin. I was like, well, okay, for what? They said, you'll see when we get there. So we go to the Kremlin. we got Yuri and Bob, Eric, and this other kid, a guy named Anton. And we go in. I don't know what's going on. They tell me, no pictures. No, I take any pictures. No phones, no pictures, nothing. We said, all right. So we go into this big old, they got some serious doors. They got doors that are like 14 feet high. And I like to, cool. But anyway, so we go in. <clears throat> sure enough, we walk into this room, sit behind this big old massive desk. It's Vladimir Putin. So we had this conversation. We had our church had been doing some stuff. This is back. Remember when we were building the, the Sunday school class uh, in uh, 
snake village, <laughs> Groznev, or Zeminka, okay? And he wanted to know how we were doing that because Bob says, well, it's his church, he's doing it. And he says, well, how big is your church? And I told him about 30 people. And he says, how in the world can 30 people do such a work in, in Russia? I told him it's just a God thing. So when we left... I looked at Zer- Yuri, and I was like, well, I'm glad you didn't tell me that was happening, okay, because I'm not that comfortable with politicians of any stripe. And he's, he smiled at me, and he says, it's harder than you think. And I said, really? He says, he arrested my father, and I've never seen him again. What resources do we have? What resources do we have? We should know that we are rich beyond our understanding. That we are only missing whatever the Holy Spirit is missing. Listen. The blessed God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, speak well of Him. He couldn't give you more than He gave you in Christ Jesus. There's nothing else to get. It is all there. All of the pneumaticos... All of the good things that the Spirit can give has been, past tense, already given. In each of us, and it is in each of us who are indwelt by the person of the Holy Spirit. When you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, guess what? You will know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And God's fullness will be in you. And you will do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything you could ever imagine. As long as you understand what you have that is at your available resource now, right now. It is ours. And it is now. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in the real knowledge and all discernment. Listen, it's not a, it's not a question. It's not a matter of finding something else. Or doing something else. It is a matter of using what you already have. Use it. I have heard so many people say, I don't know if I can do it. Really? I don't like being in front of people. I don't like talking a lot. Ask my wife, it drives her nuts. 
Do you ever talk? Yeah, sometimes, Sunday. But it, she does. She, you don't ever carry on a conversation. And when I carry on a conversation, she's like, yep. Nope. Yep. I don't like talking to people. And yet he has stuck me in front of thousands before. Scared to death. But he's always done it in such a way that I couldn't see all of the people. I would usually see just the front row. Well, that's just like our church. I remember teaching at the First Baptist of Moscow. This thing's got like three balconies. And I mean, and they're behind you. It's all the way around you. You're preaching in the round. And I'm sitting there going, he said, well, we'll just share from the word. And I'm like, I can't, if I, my hands were on fire, I wouldn't be able to spit to put them out. And I walk up there and all I can see is that front row. I was like, yeah, okay, I can handle this. Please don't tell me you can't do it. There ain't no way in anybody's right mind you would ever want to be a preacher of the Lord Jesus Christ. You had to be out of your gourd. John MacArthur will tell you that. He got ejected from a car and slid 300 yards down the asphalt on his backside. Because he said, nope, I'm going to try to go semi-pro football. And God says, get out of the car. Four months he had to lay on his belly in this modified bed thing so that his skin would ooze out this asphalt. And his dad, who was a preacher, says, well, if you can't do anything, here. And he slid a Bible under his face and says, you might as well read this. And it dawned on MacArthur that, you know what? I probably ought to, for my own health, be a preacher. But I can tell you the time that I have spent with him privately, he's an introvert. How is that possible? Oh, we have been given, past tense, everything we have need for life and godliness. So what is it that you can't do? Please walk away from here today knowing that the resources are there. Now, because once you know that the resources are there, what can stop you? I cannot imagine walking into a man's office who had my dad arrested and I've never seen him again. I just can't imagine that. But he did it. Smile at you and say, wherever my father is, I know my Lord has embraced him. See, that's the amazing stuff that I see. And all it takes is the matter of the Christian individually to say, you know what? I'm lacking nothing. I'm lacking some of the strongest Christians I know only know one or two verses out of the Bible. But I tell you what, you couldn't pry that out of them if you had to. Because they stand on that. That's what that truth says. So be it. Then I know people who know the Bible better than I'll ever know it. And they are tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine that comes down the road. 
And it, and it all repeats itself. We're going back into covenantalism. Give me a break, people. We fought that in the 70s. But here we go again. There's a new covenant because there ain't no such thing as Israel. We should quit supporting Israel because, you know, they killed him. And a covenant is only good until they're dead. Okay, and he died. Well, I got news for you. When did God die? I missed that. Because if I remember right, the Abrahamic covenant, Abraham didn't do anything but be afraid. And God said, this is what I'm going to do. So I don't know how you say, well, it's, it's concluded. Well, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. You take the Lord's table and says, this is the what? The blood of the new covenant. All right, now when's Jesus going to die again so that one's null and void? All right, so if those three are true, then what do you do with his divine strength has given you everything you need for life and godliness? You know, it's just, I had a discussion this week with somebody who, you know, I've come to the conclusion I'm an alcoholic. I'm going to start seeing professional help here, and they're going to give me some pills and all these other things. And he says, you know, now that I've got that under, behind me, he says, I should be able to be a tool for God. And I just looked at him and I said, you know what? You're an idolater. What? You're an idolater. The alcohol is more important to you than anything else. That's idolatry. Freaked him out. The guy's smart. The guy's Bible. He knows the Bible. He probably won't talk to me again, but... Listen, idolatry, okay? So you're an idolater, all right? Let's say you've got something out there that means so much to you, you just ain't going to give it up. All right, you got two options. Give it up and thank God for it or watch God take it from you. Because he will. Okay, and it's that's why I try to tell my kids, hold everything like this. Because it really hurts if I put my knuckles around him and he has to break my knuckles. So I don't hold on to it. I lay it right there. See, I, I brothers and sisters, I love you tremendously. But your faith has got its limits right now. And you need to bust that out and say, you know what? I have access to the divine resources of he who spoke existence into being. And then get on your knees and beg him to show you. Okay? Because you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We, individual Christians, not one of us is lacking. Okay, let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Father, thank you that you have given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. Father, I pray, I pray for each of us. I pray for myself, that Lord, through the true knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we may start grasping that that can't be grasped, the love of Jesus Christ. 
knowing that its height, its breadth, its weight, its width, its depth. That, Father, that Christ in our lives would be very comfortable. And that, Father, the fullness of God would be in each of us. That we would watch you do exceedingly, be abundantly beyond what we could ever think or imagine. Father, we are just pilgrims passing through. May we understand that. But may we even understand that even as we are passing through, just as pilgrims, you take care of us. You know the hairs of our head. You know when the sparrow falls. You have clothed the lilies of the field greater in greater splendor than Solomon. And Father, Father, we are way more important than that. You gave your son's life for our redemption. Father, help us. Help us to stand in the grace that has already been given, that is in Christ Jesus. Help us to be overwhelmed by your presence. Help us to be overwhelmed by the resources that you have poured and lavishly poured on each of us, that we may know the true wonder of wonders, an intimate relationship of you, who not only spoke existence into being, but you hold existence together. Thank you, my King. In Christ's name, amen.